Welcome to the grid. The grid podcast. It's about information. Information. It's about technology. This is the meeting point for all techies. All geeks. Geeks. The grid. The grid podcast. Stay tuned. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Grid Podcast. My name is RJ Robinson. And this is John Turknet. Hey, and today we're going to talk about basically upgrading yourself on a continuous basis, right? So it's like, you know, keeping up with continuing education, especially for new developers. Yeah, the point is to making sure you keep yourself relevant in the work field. Right, right. And uh, maybe I'll talk about I do to, to keep up with them and you can talk about what you do and why that's important. Basically, I mean, my Saturdays and Sundays, not to say that I'm a workaholic or anything, but mostly what I do is I block out at least an hour to two hours every weekend to make sure that I'm either reading something new or building something new, even if it's something small, right? I think a lot of people say, oh, you got to be coding at 30 day, 30 minutes every every day or something like that. Have you ever heard that? Yeah, I've heard that. And also it kind of parlays into the 10,000 hour rule. Oh yeah, absolutely. If anyone doesn't know what the 10,000 hour rule is, it's that you can't be an expert at something until you've done 10,000 hours of that, which is quite a long time. I'd have to do the math. How many years is that? That's a lot. I don't even want to do the math. Yeah. I'm I'm an expert at 10,000 hours of sleeping. So I'm I'm very fond of that. (laughs) But yeah, uh, I think... I think the most important rule is like not necessarily coding 30 minutes a day or, or, or whatever, whatever that ends up being. I think it's just making sure that you're learning new techniques, right? Because there's a billion ways to do something in development, especially in our, our field with Rails development or JavaScript. And you can learn a lot by just looking at a different way to solve a problem. Yeah. And <clears throat> to be honest, you don't even need to code 30 minutes a day. I mean, you could mull over a complex equation in your head or when you leave work for the day, if you're still thinking about the problem that you were trying to face when you left, you're still getting part of that 10,000 hours in. I think that... Uh... Another thing to consider is not just your scope, right? So as developers, you know, the technologies that we use are only as good as we know them. However, there are technologies on the horizon that we need to be able to keep up with, right? Like so many times I've seen people who are stuck in the oldest framework or the oldest method of doing things. Or, I mean, I know people who still use Ruby 1.8 and it's like, come on, guys, it's time to, uh, you might want to beef up beef up your Ruby version because there's better versions out there, right? The security implications of that alone is worth upgrading. Oh, yeah. I think we should do a whole podcast on just understanding security because a lot of of people don't. How do I I phrase this? Some people are like, oh, yeah, well, I don't need to worry about security. That's security's job. And it's your problem as soon as they dump it on your lap saying, hey, by the way, here's a list of 10,000 security vulnerabilities that your app has. You might want to get well, this fixed. Put it this way. Security didn't write in that SQL injection. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, so you need to take security as a big issue. Yeah, I agree. Now that we kind of covered what we're going to cover in this podcast, why don't we start with you, John? Like, what are what are some things that you do throughout the week that keep you on your toes? I love books. Um, I pretty much fall asleep every night with a uh, book in my hand. Sometimes I drop the Kindle on my face as I fall asleep. Well, that's because <clears> you're reading out. with it over your head. Yes. If yeah. I turned on my side, that wouldn't happen. Probably. But uh, yeah, so I have my entire library for Manning, 
and O'Reilly on my Kindle. And I try to get at least a half hour a night in. That's a, that's a good rule to have, trying to make sure that you're reading enough. Yeah, I I think that uh, since I started development that I read more now. I mean, I like fiction. You know, I'm a big comic book nerd. No, no one's going to deny that. But I think that I get more involved in technical books because I kind of like to see how other people are approaching problems. Reading, even even if it's not a Ruby book or a JavaScript book, you know, lately I've been like diving in headfirst into Go and I, I've i gotten, I don't even know, if you look at my bookshelf, I have like six Go books that I'm just continuously, continuously jumping through. Yeah, and, and that's a good point. You mean you want to take books outside of your field um, because some of those other languages and other tool sets have solved a similar problem in a different way. Maybe it's more efficient, maybe it's not, but you get to be able to choose that. And reading a good book is like essentially taking a condensed experience dose because that author has been through stuff that maybe you have not. Yeah, I, I, yeah, exactly. One of the things you learn from reading other people's books as well as their code is like maybe certain vernacular that you didn't know beforehand or, or like maybe like little tricks, like especially with code reviews. That happens a lot, too. But we come back to this idea of self-versioning. We want to make sure that we're constantly improving our personal code base, whether it's new techniques, new whatever. You know, we want to make sure that we're on point and... And the, well, the biggest thing about that is you got to go over that fear of failure. You're not going to be perfect at something initially. You're picking up a new framework. Some of the content and concepts may carry over from something else, but you've got to be able to fail. You've got to be able to just get out there and try something, whether it's writing 10 lines of code and seeing, oh crap, I got an error message. But so, that's progress. Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's progress. So when you d talk to people about how to improve themselves versus improving yourself, like, you know, what works for you. What are some tips you could give to other developers that are maybe like starting out there in junior slash intermediate roles? You know, because imposter syndrome is a huge thing in our field, right? Because the more that we learn, the less that we know, right? So it's like you learn so much and then you're like, holy cow, I don't know nearly about this much as I need to. I need, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to look like an idiot. I mean, that's like the biggest thing with yeah. imposter syndrome. Well, imposter syndrome can be sidestepped by one crucial point. You don't have to know everything. Oh, yeah. A lot of people think that they have to know everything and they get scared. And that's that's that whole I mean, <clears throat> I still suffer with it. There's there's things where I'll just be like, oh, and, you know, I have to go to someone that I really trust to bounce it off of them before I uh, <laughs> I'm not I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to confess something. I have a secret Stack Overflow account that I post stupid questions in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to tell anyone the name, but I post stupid questions in there just so that in case someone looks for my name, they don't find the stupid account. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's part of the imposter syndrome, right? I mean, yeah, I mean, I think we cope with it all in our different ways. So if we're talking about self-versioning, what version would you say that you are at? I'm at like 1.4 of, of, of RJ 1.0. I'm like 1.4 release candidate. What about, what about you? And see, I'm going to go the opposite spectrum. I'm like 500 something. Because 500. every day, if you don't modify yourself to keep yourself relevant and you don't let go of some of those old patterns and old usage patterns, then you're, you're essentially stagnant. Yeah, you can't uh, you can't just 
you know, think that what you know today is going to work tomorrow, right? Like that's that whole theory of success for people who are like big into fitness, right? It's like fitness and being healthy is something is a tax you have to pay every day, right? And I think the same is true for development. If you're just going in and you're writing the same chunk of code over and over again, and you're not trying to push the envelope of your respective apps or libraries that you maintain or stuff like that. I mean, you're just, you're literally just sitting there. Correct. So if you depend on generators all the time and you end up just doing database wrappers, which is our typical web application, if you stick within that CRUD field, then you're not learning anything new. You may throw on some new polish with some new CSS techniques or add on some HTML5 elements, but the underlying technology remains the same. You're just doing the same action over and over again. Yeah, and eventually that's not going to cut it, right? So no, you're going to plateau. Not not even that. You're going to fall off the cliff because you're going to you're going to reach a point where where you're not doing anything, right? It's just you're you're especially when you're using generators. Like a lot of times I'll see people continuously using generators and what happens is here's the biggest sign in case anybody wants to know. Here's the secret. If you're using generators, and someone else is reviewing your code and you have blank tests that was generated by the generator or you have you have a controller with a whole bunch of actions that you are not using that is a that is a big code smell that a you did not fully think about what kind of controller you're making now this is real specific right i'm not i'm not sure how the generators work in other languages but these are definitely real specific if you have all of this boilerplate code you know, you're not you're you're doing yourself a disservice as well as the person who is reviewing your code, right? Because that's just extra stuff that they have to look at. Yeah, and actually you just hit on a very good point. So you're doing the other person a disservice. Every day you should challenge your coworkers or your friends who are developers to make sure that you guys are going in the same path. You yeah. you can't just learn by yourself. So you can learn from your your coworkers' experience and their examples and maybe you see a chunk of code and you go, Wow. I didn't know I could do that in Rails. There you yeah, go. I think you just learn something new. Since you and me have been working together, John, I think that happens to me all the time. I'll be like, wow, I, wow, I didn't even think of to do that. But yeah, same yeah. here. Like you did a router config the other day in Rails. And I was like, I did not know you could do that. <laughs> but yeah, so anyone listening out there, you don't know everything. You don't have to know everything. But the idea that you have to self-version, you yourself are an open source project, right? So... Other people are going to contribute to your next version and you you have to be able to, you know, you don't want to give them a version where you have a whole bunch of boilerplate code that does nothing. That's Same a as great your code, analogy. Right? Exactly. I mean, you, you yourself are an open source project. You have to make a pull request every day. <laughs> Not to get so corny with, with, the, with, the, with the Git references, yeah. but... Nope, you talked about vernacular earlier, so we're on the right track. I mean, I like, I like to think that we are. Well, so yeah, let's I mean, go back to some of those workflows real quick. Um, workflows. We mentioned yep. books, movies. I'm a big fan of movies. Yeah, I don't think that the Avengers movie is going to help us with our development practices. Not that kind of movie. <laughs> Talking about Railscast before they were down and Ruby Tapas and Pluralsight. Egghead.io. My favorite is still YouTube because you can definitely find a lot of information on YouTube. That's one of the things, one of my go-to resources when I can't figure something out 
the first place I go, I don't even go to Google. I go to I go to YouTube to see if there's a tutorial on creating what I want to create and then following that or modifying that. Yeah, uh, there are there. Are, we'll, we'll put a lot of uh, a lot of these links in the in the description. Upcase is a good one. Tuts Plus was where I spent a lot of time yep. learning how to do, you know, fairly more advanced features. A lot of these sites have beginners in mind and you, you get to a point where it's really hard to find advanced topics or expert topics. And that's, I think, where the conferences come involved. Confreaks is a great resource. If you ever want to go to any conference, Confreaks has resources galore. And you can just watch how you know new technology is rolling out and how they solve certain problems and um that's one thing that you definitely want to do. If you want to go to a conference one weekend, I've done this. I've I've sat down and, you know, watched a conference from start to finish in the whole weekend. And it, it was That's, like I was there. That is dedication. Well, I tell you, the tax is due every day. It is. Every paycheck you collect, you got to pay the government. Oh, well, that too. Don't even get me started. At the time of this recording, taxes are due in a couple of days. Get on it, people. Don't forget <laughs> but um but yeah self-versioning i think that that's a good topic that we have touched base on um, okay so what, uh, any, what are your workflows my How workflow you i mean i've been i've been jumping into a lot of books like i said i i been go has been uh, one of the priorities for me because i think it is a fantastic language i think it's got a lot of future you know you got a future proof yourself someone told me that the more languages you learn, the easier it is to pick up a new language, right? So I'm already up to, what, four, five, five languages? I mean, I don't know Java. You know, I barely know C, but I know Python, Ruby. Now I know Go, JavaScript. Uh, I know rudimentary Swift because I want to build an iPhone app. They're essentially all the same, but, you know, they have their nuances. And I think that the more nuances you learn, you you, you really adapt to the changing ecosystem of the development world. Agreed. Well, a lot of those concepts, I mean, once you learn them, like initially you may struggle on what is a variable? What is a memory pointer? But that concept does not change when you go to another language. They may handle they, it differently, yep. but conditionals, they're all the same. Yep. Every data types vary, but once you understand the concept of a data type that maps over seamlessly to other languages as well. So you have that big learning curve in the beginning, but generally 90% of what you learn migrates over to another language. Right, exactly. And especially like when you're first starting out, you need to get like some some hardcore computer science principles down. Personally, I went to uh, the Harvard CS50 course. Don't know what that is. So it was a 12-week uh, course. So it's like two hours a week. So 24 plus some side things. So it's probably 30 to 40. 35 hours of video instruction. It's completely free. Um, and basically, it's what Harvard teaches their introduction to computer science courses. And quite honestly, if you watch that from start to finish, you have a really, really good understanding of development in general, right? All this code examples are written in C, but you really get an idea of what a base foundational level of computer science is. And I'm not saying that I'm an expert at computer science, nor do I think that I could go and, you know, test out of a bachelor's degree. But I'd say I'm pretty well versed in 
fundamentals. And when it comes to web development, as long as you have strong fundamentals, you're not really worried about what I can, I guess, call boilerplate in the computer science degree. Agreed. And you just made me realize another point that we should discuss that this is always a moving target. So right. as systems evolve, they get more CPU, more memory, more threads, you know, that boilerplate has just versioned itself and you need to make sure you stay relevant on that and review the things you think you know, because you may not know them anymore. Right. I just thought of one other thing in case nobody knows what boilerplate means. It's basically just code that gets inserted or generated to get the minimum stuff going, right? So um, boilerplate can be good, but in the uh, in the realm of Rails generators, boilerplate is literally just a bunch of extra files. Like if you boilerplate a scaffold, it's basically going to build an HTML view, a model, a controller, coffee script, unless you've <laughs> declined to include that. Uh, a test if that's in there. And if you don't know that a scaffold generates that, then you're doing yourself a disservice. Enough about that. We're not talking about that. We're talking about self-versioning. So, but uh, that's what so I do. Have I have a mean, whole nother episode on that later. We definitely yeah, can. Absolutely. But uh, yeah, definitely self-versioning. I don't really have anything else. I think that about wraps it up for this podcast. Yeah. Um, final notes for me is just every day, make sure that you are stretching yourself. If you left that day and you felt incredibly comfortable with everything you did, you didn't grow enough. Yeah, you, should you definitely got to grow. Yeah, you should straddle that line of feeling comfortable and that slight unease of, I don't know what I'm doing. You're right, exactly. If you guys have any questions, you want to engage with us, uh, I'm on Twitter, at RJ Robinson. I am not. You're not on Twitter? I, I have my Twitter account. I think it's Chunk2K3, but I'm never on it. Oh, well, if you guys want to follow him, he has 12 followers and <laughs> he could use some extras. But yeah, <laughs> so that's that's uh, that's about it for today. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, we'll have another episode dropping really soon. So thanks a lot. Thanks for visiting The Grid. It's been an amazing show on The Grid Podcast. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at The Grid Podcast. See you soon on The Grid.